Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to No Pants Required. I'm your host, X3C, and thanks for joining. Today's episode, Tesla versus Rivian versus Lucid. It's not exactly what you may think. I actually like all three companies, and today I want to express and explain a lot of things about electric vehicles. Um, for those who know me personally, for those who do not, I am extremely passionate about electric vehicles, sustainable energy, sustainable resources, all things to help make the planet better, to help humanity survive longer on this planet. And so this is a passionate topic for me. Not that I'm one company over the other, but I really want to express a lot of different things in this episode. So stay tuned and hopefully you guys stay to the end to get my perspective on, on all three companies, right? So before we jump into that, I do want to like explain a little bit um, about kilowatts. And so today's quickie is going to be explaining kilowatts in a simple term, right? Or simple terms. So I always get the question, always get the question. It must be expensive to owning a Tesla in terms of charging rates or the increase in demand on my electricity or energy consumption here at the house. And so I'm always like, hell no, it's hella cheap. Like, no. So I'm going to explain a little bit about kilowatts, but I'm not going to get into kilowatt, you know, wattages and energy and none of that stuff. Um, however, I can explain it in, in a simple formula and help you guys, you know, figure it out on your own to, you know, with this pretty quick example. All right. So, um, again, I've been asked many, many times the cost to charge my electric vehicle. So here's the formula that that's, you know, standard formula that's used. Energy equals power multiply times or well, multiply by times. So let me say that again. Energy equals power multiply by time, right? So you have a power element to it and you have a time element to it and that equals energy, right? So in this quick example, take a light bulb, right? A regular light bulb in your lamp at home or even in your ceiling that has a 60 watt rating. So if you leave that light on for 10 hours, first you have to convert that watt, that 60 watt into kilowatts. And this is pretty simple. You simply divide the 60 by a thousand because there's a thousand kilowatts. I'm sorry, there's a thousand watts in a kilowatt. So by doing so using this formula, we have 0 0.06 kilowatts for this particular light bulb. All right. And so you multiply that times 10. That's how long you had the light bulb on. Now that could be 10 hours consecutively or cumulatively, right? So it's just 10 hours for this example. So this will give us 0.6 kilowatts an hour, right? So now we know our power rating and we know how much power is being consumed, 0.6 kilowatts per hour. So you take that number, you multiply that times whatever your local electricity company rate is. And so for this example, we're going to use 9.8 cents. Because some companies give you like off peak times and I absolutely charge my Tesla overnight. It has an automatic time that it starts. So this gives us a cost of about $5.88 for running that 60 watt light bulb. So think about if you have a 60 watt light bulb in your home right now in your bedroom or wherever in your living room. And you let it run for 10 hours straight or 10 hours cumulatively. That's going to cost you about $5.88. So every time you think about this light bulb, hopefully you think about me saying, hmm, maybe we should turn that light off if I'm not in that room because that's going to cost me, right? So using this formula, the cost to charge my Tesla is about a range because it all depends on how much battery uh, is left, how much range is left in that battery at the time I'm charging. But usually 
it's about $4, just under $5 to about $7.87 using this example and using my rate that I pay here in Maryland. So we have about um, $7.87 and I, I usually charge the card to about 87%, never to 100% is, is, is not recommended. So I, and I only charge the card maybe three or four times a month. So I'm roughly spending about $31 or less per month to charge my car. That's it. $31. So I just want to put this out here for context because this episode will cover a lot of different things and, you know, giving people some, some information where you can help calculate it on your own um, at home when you're considering looking at uh, electric vehicle or you're thinking about just how much energy I'm consuming, you know, just living within my home, right? So today's lineup, what well, I believe why electric vehicles can't be beat, why electric vehicles cannot be beat. I'm also going to talk about the issues with early adopting because, I mean, obviously, you know, there are some infrastructure issues that you have to recognize when you are early adopter. When an early adopter meaning that's not a wide, widespread usage right now. And so I believe right now in the United States, it's about 3% of all cars sold are electric vehicles. So that's a very small percentage. That is not, you know, widespread adoption, right? So there are some pitfalls when you're looking at early adopting. Also, I want to dispel a bunch of myths about owning an, an electric vehicle. I call it an EV. So EV myths. Also, I want to, you know, talk about America EV startups. So during this past summer, um, I did read an article about a gas powered Shelby GT 500 that beat the Tesla's fastest uh, car, which is the Model S um, in a drag race. So here's the deal. The uh, GT 500 <laughs> was not a stock car, right? So it wasn't something they just purchased from, you know, the dealer. His car was roughly about 300K thousand of oh, 300K. But the Tesla Model S, which is usually about half that price, you know, pretty much held its own. So I, I would encourage you guys to maybe look that up. Just search and watch the video for yourself. Um, but a car about half the price that comes stock, which means it comes off the production floor to your hands, you know, without any modifications. It's pretty impressive for about half the price of, uh, of this GT 500. So um, looking back um, on history, this is, I want to take this all the way back because I want to build this up. So in 1856, yes, 1856, scientist named Eunice Newton Foote uh, became the first person to test air versus carbon dioxide, right? So I saw this video. It was very impressive. She pretty much took two bottles, one filled with air, the other filled with carbon dioxide, two separate two tubes. Um, she placed a thermometer in both and she placed it in the sun. That's all she did, right? She discovered that the tube with carbon dioxide got hotter, faster, and longer. So she published her results, noting this effect on a global atmosphere can be de detrimental to our environment. So Back in 1856, scientists discovered the dangers of carbon dioxide in the, the quantity of carbon dioxide mixed with the sun. It raises the temperature, right? But shortly after that publication, I think about three years after that publication, oil was found in the United States 
well not found it was an oil um discovery and so soon after you know oil became the, the big deal and so we began digging in the earth digging in the earth finding more oil right because oil really helped families states countries you know develop wealth that's really kind of sort of how it all started um with the big boom there so by 1965 experts was making you know was known that there's a lot of carbon dioxide issues right with, with overpopulating or polluting so sorry the planet and many you know put out publications and advertisements about it but because it was such a big money maker you know folks just continue to to consume the oil right and and though over time oil has gotten you know better in terms of our refinery in ways that we you know that we reduce the pollution of the refinement um however there's a better way to do it right and we know what these better ways are right so um moving you know into you know the, the upcoming years i can really see where the the emphasis and, and and of course the current administration in the u.s is trying to do that they're trying to lay the foundation it's going to take a while this is not something that can be solved overnight um and we understand that humans in my opinion are very um i won't say, i'll say stubborn right we all are very comfortable in where we are right and and change is difficult for many people now but if we remain where we are then how will we ever evolve and get better and so I definitely challenge everyone who's listening to the podcast right now, you know, start to challenge yourself in your everyday work on consuming energy and resources, even packaging. Right. You know, I, I recently moved to Hey Human. It's a brand by um, Jada Pinkett Smith. She came out with sustainable packaging for deodorant as well as body wash. And I recently switched over to that because I am a big proponent of sustainable packaging for, for products. But also these products are vegan, cruelty-free. It doesn't have all of the, the harsh chemicals and it feels normal, right? It doesn't over dry or under dry or have too much oil in it. It's a really good product. And so, you know, I think of those things, even like cleaning supplies, like, can I reuse this bottle? Can I even put this in a glass bottle and reuse that bottle? And so there are a lot of different things where I'm trying to do um, my research and due diligence here in my life. So I will challenge you guys to also try to do the same. So let me give another example. Actually, let me get into why I think electric vehicles cannot be beat. So start off with this fact. There's roughly 30,000 moving parts in a traditional car. Let that sink in. There's roughly 30,000 moving parts in a traditional car. So what we call in some communities, ICE vehicles, that's your internal combustion engine, standard traditional vehicle. So you hear me refer to as ICE, and you hear me refer to electric vehicles as EVs. So a traditional ICE um, or a traditional engine will have roughly 200 moving parts and parts that needs to be maintained or possibly replaced over time, right? So conversely, an electric vehicle takes that number down to about 20 parts. So you have less parts in the electric vehicle. Obviously, there's no engine in the electric vehicle, but there's down to 20 moving parts. You have over 30 moving parts in a traditional vehicle, right? 
So now obviously that varies, you know, you have hybrids and different type of vehicles out there. So it's not a one for one. Um, so please don't leave <laughs> listening to this episode thinking that, but there's roughly 30,000 moving parts. There's stuff that you have to repair and, and get fixed in some type of manner, right? So the less components that the main, also think about it. If a manufacturer has to produce or acquire all those different parts, they're going to pass those costs on to you, the consumer, or they may find parts that are not as durable, which means now you have the reply, I'm sorry, the supply um, chain and you have the repair systems that you have to like go through. It's, it's, it becomes a big network of continuing spending money over time. And I would say the less parts that you have, you know, is the better. So though the upfront costs right now to owning an electric vehicle may be expensive, but over time through adoption or more adoption beyond the current 3% we currently have in the United States, you know, and globally, I think it's less than 5% with China leading the way, you know, those costs will also come down, you know, vehicles be a lot cheaper. And so I think, you know, this is something really to consider. Um, also to consider oil changes. Well, in the EV, there's no oil, right? So that goes away. Brakes. Well, especially driving the Tesla, it's something called one pedal driving. Many of us talk about it. And I would say, when I mean by us, those, I mean, a bunch of different Tesla communities and different Tesla groups. And so it's, it's amazing. Now, Tesla is not the only vehicle that provides one pedal driving. However, you know, it's, it's really fine tuned. And I rarely, rarely use my brakes, you know, in, in my car. I am using one pedal driving, almost like a clutch, if you will. I'm on a little bit, off a little bit. You know, I don't want to come completely off because the car is over four tons. It will stop itself. But, you know, I give it a little bit of the acceleration, you know, and, and when I'm ready to slow down, I ease off the accelerator, right? And so that helps the car slow down. What that also does is help maintain, I'm sorry, help the longevity of my brakes. I don't have to replace brakes as much, right? So that is something additionally to consider. What about the cost of fuel? Well, I just gave that example in the quickie about how much I pay in terms of the energy in the kilowatts. I also try to use to charge my vehicle overnight, just like my dishwasher or even washing clothes, because usually the, the energy company provides a cheaper rate when you charge at nighttime, as opposed to the peak hours where you're paying a higher premium um, for demand of that energy. So your cost of fuel is cut down, right? You could take that $31 a month on my driving and times 12 and then think about how much money you spend per month then multiply that times 12 you know it's a lot and right now the average is about eighteen hundred dollars and that's that's just traveling about um i think the average the american travels about thirteen thousand, roughly over thirteen thousand miles a year and so if you, you have a vehicle gas vehicle that is taking premium gas you know you you're roughly about 18 on the lower end, $1,800, maybe even above $2,000 versus what I pay, which is pretty cheap, right? These are things to consider, right? I still haven't said anything about the blazing speed of an electric car and the insane technology. That is, I mean, I'll get to that later in the episode, but you know, those are things to consider. But I don't want to make it all just peaches and cream, right? There are issues with early adopting. You know, you have to recognize that as an early adopter, and I am absolutely one. 
I believe in technology. I believe in change. I believe in evolving. I am here for it, right? I could be stubborn in some areas, but usually I like to embrace change. I like to have the latest gadget or even I like to even just identify what some of those are so I can consider adopting to that technology, you know, early on. So again, I embrace it. I embrace it all. Um, I am usually unafraid of change because I think change is extremely important. So for me, I'm willing to be one of those test dummies and one of those people who test things out. A lot of people are not, you know, and that's fine. You know, you need people like me who, who go out there first to do it, right? So something to consider as an early adopter or fewer service centers, right? You know, so if there's anything that's wrong with your vehicle, you let your vehicle there, sometimes you can't go to a standard service center. You may have to go to a specialty center and it may not be close to you, right? And so that is, um, I, I believe, something that a lot of companies are working on. But right now we're in a transition stage, right? So it's going to take you a while or us a while to get to the level of service centers and what we have right now. Or we even rethink or reimagine what these service centers can be, you know, in the future. For example, Apple just um, announced, I believe this week, that they have or they, they are, they're allowing now individuals to repair their own phones, right? The right to repair movement, if you will. And so similarly with your vehicles, maybe that's the the, the next stage of adopting um, for, for these electric vehicles because they are really mostly tech in the electric vehicle. So it's a different type of driving and different type of vehicle. Obviously, the big one here is there's not enough charging stations, right? And so when, when, when one is considering, and I will talk about that a little bit when I discuss the Tesla versus Riven and Lucid there, um, you know, there's a lot to consider when you talk, when you think about charging stations, as well as charging times. That is very critical. I will definitely, definitely talk about that. Now, there's a lot of other issues you could think of probably right now we're early adopting, but those are some of the high ones that I think of. But what I really want to get into right now are these myths. I hear people talk about these things. I even read them online sometimes where people say things about electric vehicles. And I'm like, what? Where are you getting this information from? So here's the source. I'm going to give you some real information, right? First one, EVs don't have enough range. Obviously, right now, gas vehicles have longer range. Mm, may not be the case for long, right? Lucid just released it. Their lucid air vehicle which have over 500 miles of range the days where we keep where folks say that i don't think it's no longer true so you can't travel as far without running out of range right that's the biggest myth right well here's the deal according to the u.s department of transportation americans drive an average of 40 miles per day 40 miles right the nissan leaf which has less than you know ideal range but obviously they've gotten better over time still has about three times the average miles driven by American, right? So, you know, when po folks talk about range anxiety or my vehicle's going to run out of charge, usually Americans don't even travel that far, right? And if you're on a road trip, well, if you purchase a Tesla, there's, I don't even know the number. I, I think last time I checked, it was well over 14,000. I could be wrong. It could be even higher by now. Um, charge stations, throughout the United States and they're also globally, right? So though, you know, we are getting better in terms of our infrastructure, but there is a long way to go, especially when we want to compare that to gas stations, right? Um, EVs are slow with no performance. Well, <laughs> here's the deal. 
no car is is beaten an electric car off the line. Now, over time, you know, a, a, a powered or a aftermarket tuned vehicle absolutely can be, beat an electric vehicle currently. Um, EVs are too expensive. Well, in some cases, are they? So when I think about a Tesla, it's not competing in a market of a Corolla or a Honda Accord. It's competing in the markets of a BMW 3 Series or 5 Series. It's competing in the market of Lexus or Mercedes, right? So keep that in mind when you say something is too expensive. Really, it's too expensive for, for what category you're looking to purchase. Granted, they are on a higher side for the average consumer, right? And so, again, we're in the early stages. As development and more resources and more people purchase electric vehicles, you know, the companies will be able to bring the cost down. As more players join the fray, more people will be able to uh, provide us a, um, a cheaper or more economical, uh, feasible, I should say, uh, price point. Um, EVs are unsafe. Now, that's a load of crap there. So according to the National Highway of Transportation and Safety Board, EVs catch fire less than ICE vehicles. Yes. EVs catch fire less than ICE vehicles. Obviously, you have a internal combustion engine in your car, right? Combustion, it can blow up, right? So um, that's a myth there, right? And I just want to make sure that's very clear, clear to everyone. You know, electric vehicles are safer, especially the Tesla. Um, EVs are not greener than gas cars. Well, I've already explained that in a quickie, so you can you know, run the calculation on your own to look at the cost. It will, you know, based off of your driving style, as well as your uh, consumption of energy, wherever you live. Um, EVs operating cost is the same as a gas car. Well, again, that's already kind of sort of been explained. Um, EVs are costly to maintain and repair. Well, again, we don't have all of those moving parts in electric vehicle. There are less parts there. There's less to repair. Obviously, the costs go down. I know many folks with EVs right now, not just Teslas, but other electric vehicles, and none have had any problems. Um, obviously, we again, we are early in, in the adoption. So, you know, when a new EV come out, maybe there will be some issues there. Um, but the companies really are pretty um, good at trying to fix those. Uh, let's see here. EVs aren't practical with today's infrastructure. That can somewhat kind of sort of be true depending on where you live. Um, but people make stuff up all the time just to, because they're afraid, right? And they, if it's their narrative, let's face it. You can charge your car at home. I had a condo. I ran that wire from my condo patio to my car and charged it across the sidewalk. I, I definitely did that. And I did it for about six months. So there's it's it's ways around it to, you know, to charge a vehicle. You don't have to have a home with a garage, whatever. You know, there's ways to do it, right? Um, so EV batteries don't last long and will end up in a landfill. Well, I invest actually in a company. Uh, let me see the name of this company here. I'll give you guys a little, a little stock tip here. So that's a, a company I invest in. Ticket, ticker symbol, L-I-S-Y, Lie Cycle. This company is a lithium ion battery recycling company. Um, 
you know, right now it's it's in the early stages. Uh, this company was founded in 2016. And the reason why I say it's in the early stages, no one's had to recycle their batteries yet because the batteries can last a long time. And we still don't know when batteries will die because not many globally have replaced their batteries, right? But I can tell you, I do see a future for recycling these batteries so they won't end up in the landfill. So um, a few episodes ago, I talked about stocks to own for life. Well, that's one of them that I'm owning for quite some time because I can see that being a maybe eight to 10 year investment there. Well, I I'm, I, I can see the value of recycling batteries and, and ultimately, hopefully, our elected officials will have some plan for these batteries and not just car batteries. I mean, all the batteries that we have in our devices that we use all the time, we as humans, we definitely need a plan for that. And how are we going to reuse those those resources or, or even the components and some of those parts? Um, and so uh, throw this last one out here for you. The current energy grid won't be able to handle the, the expected number of EVs. Well, I did some digging, a lot of digging here. And by far, our infrastructure currently, not with the expansion of the infrastructure, which is happening, though, but our current grid can can handle an impact of doubling or even tripling the amount of vehicles we have right now so um that's not an issue right now in terms of the grid however i would like and i said this before when i when i mentioned um, in my second episode ev tax credits so if you haven't listened to that i would encourage you to listen to it i really am big on sustainable resources and energy so i'm really excited to see what the future is going to bring in terms of this new infrastructure bill that was passed recently um by our current administration i would say you know i'm big on that and less on handing someone a tax rebate um you know i I think long-term planning is important i know we don't see it as a immediate gratification but you know we have to prepare for the future and i think the best way to do that is to you know, invest in our future and it's going to cost, it's not going to be free. Right. And so, um, uh, something else just came up to mind here. Insurance rates. I actually had a conversation with someone about recently and, and, and that individual mentioned that it was, a, that, that it, their friend was quoted about $500 as a monthly insurance premium i was like that's insane right um i would say that's a myth as well i would say people shop around you know there are many companies out there that can provide outstanding insurance rates um though my rate i don't think is the greatest it's not horrible i pay about 109 dollars a month i mean i would love to pay in the 80s or 90 dollars a month um so i use gabby g-a-b-y.com went to cat gabby typed in all my information and Gabby shopped around uh, prices for me and gave me a list of insurance rates and different um, premium benefits that um, I can select from. And so I went with uh, travelers. And so that's what my current insurance is. But, you know, I'm not wedded to it. I'm absolutely always trying to find a better and cheaper solution at my current service because I think that's very important. Um, So I would say, you know, all that stuff I mentioned earlier, it is important to consider, but 
you know, but I'm let's 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 really jump into this topic of Tesla versus Rivian versus Lucid. Again, it's not really one versus the other. I actually believe in all three of those companies. Um, I love their products that they have on the road right now. And what I'm most excited about, these are American EV startups. Tesla, Rivian, and Lucid all are electric car companies. They don't make any gas vehicles. They just make electric vehicles. Well, in Tesla's case, is actually they make a lot of things. So they're really not a, a, a car company, if you will, or a vehicle company. They're more than that. But for the sake of this discussion, you know, let's look at them from one of the aspects of Tesla as an EV electric vehicle company, along with Rivian and Lucid. And so I, I thought about like the pros and cons of of these three, and I'm very excited. Um, I am a shareholder of Lucid and Tesla. I am watching Rivian right now. It is insane since the IPO of last week of how fast it's rising. Um, I'm thinking it's going to come back down to earth at some point <laughs> um, after the major hype has died down. Um, but I am I'm definitely intrigued with Rivian. Actually, I'm very intrigued with Rivian um, as a company. So I, it's probably going to become the fourth EV um, a stock that I own in my growth portfolio along with Neo and Neo is a company out in China that's moving, I think into Europe to start, um, selling electric vehicles. So let's think about the pros of a Tesla. And I mentioned some of those earlier, um, having a fully recharged infrastructure. I don't think that can be overstated. When one is considering purchasing an electric vehicle, you have to consider your infrastructure. When you're purchasing a gas car, you don't have to think about the infrastructure because you know it exists already. You can see the gas stations on every corner, right? When you're purchasing an electric vehicle, you have to consider the EV, especially if you are a traveler, if you like road trips. But if you don't, and your usual commute is around, you know, under the the American average of 40 miles a day, you know, you drive around a city, it may not be as significant for you. So you may be OK. And that is something to consider. Um, but while you're considering, you know, thinking about the infrastructure, you have to think about which vehicles have a current infrastructure. As I stated, Tesla has a well built out recharge infrastructure, supercharge stations globally right but also consider you can get free charging at restaurants in some cases hotels as well as grocery stores there are several in my area alone um, where you can just plug your car up while you're shopping that's a great free convenient you can't get there with gas there's no free gas anywhere where if there's one let me know tell me somebody tell me right because there isn't any I don't know where you can find free gas out there. So um, consider that as well when you think about these American startups or as well you considering converting over from gas to an electric vehicle. So that's something that Tesla have over Rivian as well as over Lucid. Tesla also is a very innovative company. I mean, they are always innovating and always making things better. One thing that I value about driving my Tesla is they thought about all the different things a, a human would have to 
do while driving buttons to push turn signals um your line of sight different things in the vehicle they thought about and they eliminated those they made those automatic uh, or they automated those in the vehicle or in some cases they just eliminated it because you don't really need it right for example your odometer do you need to see your mouse peek up every single time while you're driving no you don't have that in the in tesla right now it's in the app if you want to look at it just open your app right i don't need to see it while i'm driving i don't need to see it after i've driven either right it's it's unnecessary and i'm not shitting on you know why a odometer is in a vehicle right now but i'm saying there that's a small example of something that tesla thought about and simply just got rid of um all those different knobs turning on the radio and turning on the car in general will push the start all that stuff is gone because teslas don't have a on or off they're always on and off <laughs> you know you just pretty much it's, it's, it's just it's standby it's ready for you to use it right just like your cell phone you know you could turn it off but it's it's right now if you're not touching it it's really standing by waiting for you to use it um and and, and one thing i want to express about tesla that you know is really outstanding since owning my vehicle february of 2019 i've received well over 100 over the air software updates well over a hundred i didn't have to pay for any of it it is standard in a tesla when there's an update you get it exactly like your cell phone or your computer you get updates it's amazing you can't necessarily do that in an ice vehicle you may have to get the next model year to get those particular features give you an example sentry mode sentry mode came to the car and sentry mode provided security will all eight cameras on the car activate if someone gets too close to the car and it begins to record that so if anything happens to your vehicle you simply provide that video footage to the authorities and you have video evidence and, and it also now that's that's like i think that happened i believe within the first year of me purchase of me of me owning the vehicle most recently tesla has upgraded it so now i can actually look at my vehicle from my phone wherever i'm at i can just open the app view status of my vehicle and see use the cameras on my vehicle via my phone love it right so that's the rid of the pros i don't want to go too much into tesla because i could just talk about it forever um i don't want to bore you guys i really want to talk about lucid and rivian a little bit more so um thinking about the rivian so they right now they have the um the, the Rivian truck, I think it's the R1T that's out and they're in they're in production right now. It's not mass produced, but they're in production right now um, as, as well as Lucid. And so what I love about Rivian, if you're into trucks, if you're into adventure, if you're into camping, off-roading, I would tell you Rivian truck is outstanding. This truck has a built-in <laughs> portable battery-operated speaker. So let's say you're out somewhere, you go hiking, you pull up the truck and you want to bring your speaker along with you, you know, bring on some jams. And it's not a tiny speaker. This is a pretty, pretty decent sized speaker. You just pull out the speaker out the car. It's in your, it's in your truck right now, charging. You just pull out the speaker, take it with you. When you're done, pop it back on the charger, right? Um, they also have 
a flashlight built into your driver's side door. Rivian thought about all of the different adventures. It gets even more wild. Rivian has this thing, I think it called the tunnel. You can put um, different things inside that tunnel, including people, <laughs> not to obviously drive, but people usually on videos, use on YouTube, get in the tunnel just to show like the size of it and the capability of that tunnel. But Rivian has something called like the camping kitchen. It's a legit kitchen. If you haven't seen it, YouTube Rivian camping kitchen. Insane. It literally has water, like running water. <laughs> um, you have a electric stovetop. You even have ability to have stored dishes and utensils. So if you're really the camping type of one who, you know, maybe have some kids and you guys do trips, you know, through the summer or even through the winter time, and you want to be able to use that without having to bring a portable um, devices, you know, because it's all really built into your adventure truck, the R1T. I say give it a shot. Give it a test. Um, that is amazing. Uh, Riven is also building out what they call the adventure network. Um, the, well, the RAN is what it is called, the Rivian Adventure Network. And that's going to be their Tesla equivalent, if you will, of a supercharging network. Um, it's not here yet, but it's coming, right? And I believe in Rivian. Uh, you know, Amazon is a part owner as well as the Ford Motor Company. Um, I think they own like the largest shares within Rivian um, as separate corporations. Um, I don't know the corporate structure. But, you know, just think about like the Rivian truck itself. You know, I, I'm really impressed with it. It's a little smaller than like your F-150 um, by Ford. And I believe from everything I heard, it's around the Toyota Tundra or Tacoma style, if you will. It's, it's around that size. It's a little smaller, but it's not small, just a little smaller. Um, I'm very impressed with Rivian as a company. They're also working on the SUV that's going to come out with actual three rows and not that third row where it's like sl slightly, you know, leaning down. You have to have some little small person sit back there. It's going to be three full size rows in this particular uh, vehicle when it comes out. So I'm excited about Rivian. I ex exactly want them to do well. Um, but when you talk about another American EV startup, you can't leave out Lucid. Now, Lucid is a luxury brand at the moment so that's kind of sort of the downfall but you know tesla started off the same way with the model s and x those luxury brands and that's the way to start you know how they you know chose to start uh their company and obviously hopefully over time you know we can get some cheaper vehicles but currently the king of the road is the lucid the lucid air it has over 500 miles of range that even beats the tesla all teslas right and so you know that's a remarkable feat that they were able to come out with and i love that they went for it in the beginning like they didn't just come out with 300 miles of range or 260 miles of range or 220 miles of range i'm looking at you the porsche um you know they really pushed the envelope because they understand range anxiety from the midst that i talked about earlier that's a real thing for people so why not just dispel all of that produce a product that has over 500 miles of range from the beginning take out all the questions asked right lucid is outstanding if you guys haven't seen lucid air please check it out it is a beautiful vehicle i absolutely love it um and the reason why i'm talking about these three vehicles again these are american ev startups they are really pushing the envelope i believe they're even pushing the traditional car companies here in the country as well as abroad right they are really trying to give 
the driver what we all have been asking for. We don't want a little tiny little car that could blow away in the wind that has no power, no performance. We want a car with all the power, with all the performance and none of the other stuff. So that's what I look at when I'm thinking about these three American startups. I'm very proud of them, very excited about you know, the future of these different vehicles. Again, I could talk about this <laughs> all day long. I really believe in electric vehicles. I'm constantly talking to people about it, constantly having conversations. You know, if you, you have questions about it, you want to hit me up, you know, I could be found on, on Twitter at X3C media, or you can hit me up on Instagram at X3C. Um, you could DM me, DM me a private message or, you know, if I have one of my live streams, you know, maybe I do something that's that's EV related a little bit later on. Or even maybe put out a poll if, you know, folks have different type of questions. Um, so, you know, again, I am excited about these companies. I'm excited about the technology. I'm excited about each one of them going at each other and one up in the other because that helps us, the consumer. Right. When one pushed the envelope to over 500 miles of range, now the others have to follow. Right. And so I'm here for the competition. I'm not a hater of one company over the other because I own a brand. Nope, that's not my personality. I love all three of them and I want all three to be equally successful. So if you are considering an EV, I do have, well, actually they stopped doing that. So I can't even announce my Tesla referral code anymore. But I used to be able to get three miles with referring to Tesla. I still have the link there. I don't know what the hell you can buy with it. I think if you get something like a solar panels for your home um, using my code, I believe you can get a discount there. I, I won't get a discount because my current house setup, we don't, there's no way to really put a, any panels on the roof. Um, so, but I still have the code there nonetheless, if you guys want to use it. So uh, that's pretty much everything I, you know, I covered here. Um, I'm excited again about electric vehicles. And if you guys are as well, you know, please give it a try, you know, just go out there and test drive a vehicle and, and see how it feels. Or if you have a friend who owns an electric vehicle, I'm almost certain they will be happy to let you drive it. Yes, that includes me as well. Okay, so I think I covered everything today. Remember, positive energy leads to positive vibes. And don't forget to subscribe to this if this is your first time here at uh, No Pants Required. Um, you can find me on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Peace.